Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode. This is going to get confusing with numbers and titles things. But the third episode of the 11 o'clock show revisited commentary by Ian Lee. It's a great title. I've got to thank Pete for the title. Thank you, Pete. Um, and it's going to get complicated because we're kind of coming to the end of series one. There were only six episodes um, and actually two of those episodes are missing. We'll get onto that in a little bit. Um, this is a live Twitch stream. Thank you everybody who is joining me this Sunday evening at eight o'clock on twitch.tv slash Ian Lee. Uh, it is free. If you want to subscribe, you can. Let me do the business. You can link your Amazon Prime to Twitch uh, and then subscribe to me. It doesn't cost you a penny. Five pounds is given to me and it's five pounds that you could not spend. Don't worry, the whole thing won't be selling, I promise. Uh, so you can do that. The information is on the screen now or you can subscribe or you can donate bits or you can go to paypal.me slash Ian Lee and donate cash paypal.me slash Ian Lee but you don't have to if you can't afford it then that's absolutely fine the player well known there for example has donated one bit that's just under a penny so thanks um this is a live streaming show Sunday nights at eight o'clock um the kids are upstairs on Calpol uh it's also goes up on YouTube a couple of days after and I'm thrilled to say that this is going to be a podcast on a cast uh, it's going to be in a couple of weeks so look out for the 11 o'clock show revisited commentary by me um ian lee for those who don't know the 11 o'clock show was uh, a, a tv show that started in september 1998 and it was the show that gave me my first break on proper telly it's the show that made my career if i'm completely honest if i hadn't got that gig it's unlikely I will would be doing the radio show that I do now weeknights at 10 on talk radio. It's unlikely I'd be able to uh, get fancy 2.5 million pound studios to um, to do this. And I don't think I'd have a job. I really think it is the show that um, made me made me whatever make of that word, whatever you want. It's certainly the show that gave me a career 
22 years later. If you're listening to the podcast, every now and then you're going to hear me say thank you to someone who's subscribed. Um, it's just polite. So thank you, Rigstar, for the subscription. So the 11 o'clock show is the show that kind of made me, um, that gave me the career. We're, we're halfway, about to come, get halfway through series one. Series one was a two-week pilot, three episodes I have no idea why the episodes went out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because the show later on went out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I don't know. Maybe in the second week it will change. I don't know. I don't know if there was um, a reason, but it was, I mean, it looks kind of tame now, but it was groundbreaking. You know, it was the premise was to do a thrice, thank you, Ashley, for the subscription, a thrice weekly satirical comedy show that was written and filmed on the day now that was the key that it was written um and filmed on the day and that hadn't been done before there were a few cheats the first episode we watched a couple of weeks ago was there were a lot of gags in there that were, were have been around for a while we've done a lot of those gags in the rehearsals the second show the one we did i think last week is is more true to the spirit and it shows because it wasn't that funny i haven't seen these in 22 years and i've deliberately not watched them so we're going to watch them together um launched the careers of a lot of people on screen mackenzie crook although mackenzie was doing stuff ricky gervais sasha baron cohen uh, paul garner alex lowe some of you will, will will know listen you know clinton baptiste and barry from watford um but there are also a lot of people working behind the scenes charlie brooker wrote for it i have a feeling that um who are those two posh gentlemen web web who's web and web and who web and who web and um I can't remember the names. I think they wrote some bits for it. I may be doing them, Mitchell and Webb, thank you. I may be doing them a huge disservice. Um, some of our warm-up people, the people that stood in the studio in front of the audience and got everyone on side, we had Robin Ince, we had Jimmy Carr, we had, um, my memory is awful. It was the Geordie comedian with the long hair. Very surreal, very, very funny. He was out, Dangerfield, thank you for the subscription. He was... Um, our warm-up guy in the studio, he'd come in for a couple of hundred quid, whatever it was, and and, and do um, the warm-up. I've got to say, no, Ross Noble, thank you, everybody. This is the benefit of watching it live. People can join in the chat, and I do see all the chat. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, a couple of people have been in touch with me since I've started this. A little write-up on Chortle. Um, and Andrew Newman. Oh, by the way, I was in a room with um, Sean Locke the other day. That's by the by. Andrew Newman, um, who I mentioned last week, got in touch because he either watched it or he read the article or someone said that I talked about him. And it was lovely to hear from him. And I'd said that we'd fallen out. And he wrote to me saying, nice, I hope you're well. Did we fall out? Did we? And he obviously remembers things slightly differently so i have to say i have to give you the caveat that all of the stuff i tell you is just my memory of it right it's just my memory of it um bits i've forgotten because i was well i was a, i was a drug addict at this point already i, I hadn't realized it and, and and it was weed that i was addicted to and booze i, I hadn't 
had cocaine was coming i'd had cocaine and that would destroy me cocaine and ecstasy would destroy me um but i was a drug addict i was smoking you know a lot of weed all the time um so a lot of my memories <laughs> they're not there some of them are distorted through the lens of um resentment and bitterness which is something i've had to cope with a lot you know funny i, I mentioned on facebook i was doing this and um already a few people going having a pop at me for not being as successful as, as sasha and ricky and that was something that i had to carry around with me for a long time and it's still the bitterness is still there a little bit still there a little bit but for years i couldn't i mean i've still not seen borat or any of the sasha films uh i couldn't watch a lot of the ricky stuff i've seen ricky stuff now uh, uh, for a long time um because i was i was bitter i was resentful they had in my eyes stolen my career i was supposed to do a tv show in america in britain and then go off to america and make movies i was supposed to do that I was supposed to do that in my head. So there was a lot of bitterness and that was fueled by drugs. Someone's asking, were you on Coke on E on the show? No, 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 no. I was stoned. I wasn't on Coke or E. I never did any of these shows on cocaine or ecstasy. I did one show on morphine. That's coming up later and I'll tell you which one and I'll show you and you, I've not seen it, but you should be able to see it. I did one show on morphine. Um, but so I wrote back to Andrew very kindly and said, thank you so much for getting in touch. I'm glad you see it that way. This is what, how I see it, but I'm probably wrong on a lot of it. So the whole show, this show, the 11 o'clock show revisited, um, is, is done through my lens. You know, it's, um, Rashomon, Rashomon, Rashomon. Is that how you say it? Someone there saying they love the 11 o'clock show and bits part of my teenage years. I'm glad you enjoyed bits not a show i had anything to do with i get that a lot a lot of people asking um what it was like on the big breakfast a show i never had anything to do with uh did i even go on the big breakfast i don't think i went on it i was asked to host the big breakfast but that was like in the last year and i knew it was dying so i said no to that anyway that's by the by um i've got close-ups hello um so <laughs> right drinks i've got i've got a decaf cough and as always my trusty tesco own brand cream soda it's gotta be a cream soda right if you're watching i will my mic is distorted and clipping thank you mystery chips um i can turn that down a little bit there hope that's a little bit better um shall we get stuck into it shall we get stuck into it so I'm going to watch the show with you. You can see it. Um, and I'll pause bits and I'll kind of tell you what's going on. And if it brings up any mem memories, we, we, I'm going to aim to sort of like an hour and a quarter, hour and a half with this. So if you want to stick around, please do. I love the fact that we've got a really big audience for this. Um, so thank you. There's the old Channel 4 kind of logos, the old... Uh, the old balls. Let's get into it, shall we? Let me know if the volume's okay. I'm turn it up a little bit on my end. More Chiba was the opening theme for the first series. Um, that 
was um, different for later on. Saddam Hussein, Vinnie uh, um, Jones. Now at this point, I don't really remember what was going on in the first series. In the second series, when I was the host, when I was the main host, I would be stood behind the set and everyone thinks it's very uh, scotty thank you for the subscription everyone thinks it's very glamorous behind the set and it's not it's not it's horrible you're in this narrow thing but for this series we were out already we were out at the front me brendan burns and fred mccauley fred mccauley was the main host brendan they were kind of supposed to be 50 50. you'll notice at some point i think it's next week in episodes four five and six i don't have episodes four five don't have episodes four and five. Remind me to ask you later on for your help to find the missing 11 o'clock shows. Um, he had really funny guy, Brendan, very sharp, very funny, great stand up, but he was dyslexic quite severely, I think, and no one knew. And so when they plonked him in the studio with the auto cue, um, he couldn't read it very well. He was a bit stammery, a bit stuttery. Is that Mike? Okay um is it okay um so in the second week he wore glasses which was to help him um the end of week's highlight show every sunday night hey river you've just reminded me there used to be a best of the 11 o'clock show every sunday night didn't there i had completely you were wrong about bits but you're right about that. There used to be. Jesus, I'd forgotten about that. And we had to film different links. Best of the 11 o'clock show on Sunday nights. 22 years later and I'd forgotten all about that. Thank you for that. There we go. There we go. Hang on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Friday, the 2nd of October, 1998. Pizza's every Friday night. The best of was on Friday or Sunday. And you were reminded of that on the 11 o'clock show fan site earlier. Huh? That's got to be old. That can't be new. Um, we'll talk about websites maybe when we get into series two. Because, and maybe Pete will pull some of those up. Thank you, Mr. Blofeld, for the um, subscription. Because 1998, I remember, <laughs> I remember in a later series, two or three, three, I think, because Mackenzie wasn't there. Angelfire.com slash TV slash 11 show. Um, they got me to do a link about a website. Go to http colon slash slash www i remember going well what is the point of this why don't we just do some jokes let's do some jokes that's how <laughs> out of touch i was maybe we'll look at the angel fire website a bit later on those websites scared me because they were new they kind of started around season series season series two or three and they were new and it was the first time TV had had and me as a performer had had instant feedback apart from you know, obviously you do a stand-up gig you get laughed or you get booed or you get silence but this was instant feedback and 
a lot of it hated me. A lot of it hated me. Um, and that's something that we'll get to. Let's have a look at this. It's the 11 o'clock show, Friday, the 2nd of October, 1998. There's Brendan, full of exuberance. Friday the 2nd of October, it's Tunnel 4, and this is the 11 o'clock show. I'm Fred McCauley. I'm Brendan Burns. It is Je M'appelle Ian Lee. Here to keep you Euro dress viewers with us for the next half hour of Brighton political satire. See, what you've seen there is a joke. <laughs> Thank you for the sub, Radiohead. Um, it's cut to me wearing big fake comedy tits, speaking in French, and um, being dubbed over as though it were Euro trash. It, uh, don't get me to show tell you what Euro trash was. I can't go through that. That's a funny gag. That's a funny gag. Comedy breasts. It's a funny gag. And already they're kind of bumping me up, bumping me up. The producer um, Harry Thompson bumping me up. People, people, you want the sound turned up a bit? Yeah, of course. I'm narrating this for the people who are listening in a podcast. Um, oh, now, look, now look what you've made me do. Oh, whoa, what's going on here? We're into a video game. We don't want that. Let me just get out of here. Let's cancel. Hang on a second. Um, so the producers, you know, I was brought in as the third wheel. I was supposed to be the guy on the street. <laughs> and um, they're kind of bumping up my roles a bit. Let's see, let's see where we go. Hang on. You know, I'm starting to like Ian in a special way. <laughs> Brendan, there's no time for your saucy antipodean wit this evening. We're in a hurry. Here's today's news in 60 seconds. Okay, we're in. FTSE down hundreds as Nicky Index marks up Dow Jones percentage annuity. If anyone actually knows what this means, you're now much poorer than you were this morning. And that's the opening gag. A really wordy, quite highbrow gag. The show at this point didn't know what it was. Hey, protect and survive. It didn't know what it was, right? It wanted to be satirical, but already three episodes in, it's realising it's getting bigger laughs from tit gags than it is from Dow Jones index gags. It wanted to be clever and whimsical and became mean. Blair furious at being upstaged by Prescott's hilarious speech. Hague the vague as we know him in Parliament. The next time he tries this, he's immediately hit and punished for it. <laughs> That's funny! That's funny! Um, that's funny. Okay. The, the, the way it was written, I should say. Oh, let's just do this now. Take <laughs> In London, the auction is announced of a piece of paper on which John Lennon wrote the F word 104 times. It's his review of Mullabkin Tire. <laughs> As walkers sign up Michael Owen and Cheese Known Crisps join Salt and Lineker on the shelves, David Seaman says he's still hopeful of a contract to promote the new extremely salted flavour. I mean, there we go. It's a spunk gag. That's fine. Coming up the show, Ali G, the Channel 4 voice of youth, gets to grips with Judge Pickles. Ali G there, Judge Pickles with a bid. Ali G there, looking like Sasha. He looks just like Sasha. There's no attempt to change him or anything. He looks like Sasha. And people, you know, a lot of people thought that was too ridiculous, an outfit. Pickles. In my view, dealing a bit, what, smoking a bit, breaking a bit, stabbing a bit, whatever. Is fair. Stabbing a bit, did you say? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah! It's brilliant. 
Oh, look, we've got Dom Jolly. Dominic Jolly, and now some of Tony Tony's Jolly. in Blackpool. But what happens if next year they just say to you, no, we're not having any people with beards and not ties? Right, well, problem after well, they'll be here next year anyway. Right, because they won't let you in. Dominic, Dominic Jolly. I didn't realise he'd started so early. I do know that later on, uh, the videos that I would do out on the street were, were often full of whimsy and kind of stunts. There's one where I'm a doctor, I pretend to be a doctor, and I'm filmed secretly and I'm weighing people. And Channel 4, after a while, said, you've got to stop doing the whimsy and the secret filming because we've got um, we've got a new series starting that's going to be like that. And it was trigger happy. And uh, I was always really disappointed. This is about honesty, right? This is about honesty. And that means stuff is going to come out. Um, I never felt I got the credit that I deserve for those Vox Pops. I think the Vox Pops were funny, right? I know they were funny. I know they were funny. I'm working with James Bobin, who, of course, went on to direct a lot of movies. Um, and this, I really sometimes wish that I had turned down the offer to be the third person in the studio. And I'd said, that's great, thanks for the offer, but no, I'm going to... I want to focus on these Vox Pops. I want to get these right, these right. Someone in chat says, ironically, I think you being the presenter held you back. I think it did. Listen, you can't change anything. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of happy the way things panned out. Um, but, I, you know, when we were told to stop doing these Vox Pops that had whimsy and, and silly stunts in because there was a show coming out and then we saw Trigger Happy, I know that me and a few of my producers that worked with me on the VTs were, were really pissed off, actually, really pissed off that that had been given the priority. Trigger Happy TV was brilliant. I'm not in any way knocking that. I'm not in any way knocking Dominic Jolly, as we now know him. It was brilliant, and it was a phenomenon, and it was it was huge, and, and it, was, it was a great show. But we were a little bit peeved that we'd been doing stuff, and we were then told not to do it. Anyway... <laughs> Jamie wee bastard that's married to Nicole Kidman, or as you may know him, Tom Cruise, turned <laughs> real-life hero today when he chased off two jewel thieves. Calling Tom Cruise a Jamie wee bastard. We did have a line later on. The, the, so the show, let me tell you the show was written. The show was um, written uh, in the day. That was the premise. It was written in the day. And... Um, writers would be working overnight, I think, looking at the news in the papers, and then writers would be writing all day. I would get into the, to the office. Now, the, the, the offices later moved to Hatfield, which is where Talk Radio used to be, but they were on Percy Street for this series, I think. And um, I would go into my office, and we would sit there with the papers, me and James and Leo and a couple of other people, and would find a story, although James would probably have found a story then. We'd spend 30, 45 minutes writing silly questions and silly stunts and trying to get props, and then we'd go out and we'd film it for two, two and a half hours. I would then come back, have some lunch, get into the studio for about three, and rehearse and then do the show at half seven. show was at 7.30 till nine, edited nine till 11, and we'll go out at 11. Never actually went out at 11. It was always 5-2 or 5 past. And and, and, and sometimes the, the second half of the show was being edited while the first half was going out. So, you know, it was a really tight thing. Um, but we had a lot of lawyers reading the scripts. A lot of lawyers. And one of the lines that we had to take out later on was um, we described Tom Cruise as a litigious heterosexual. 
And I thought that was a great line, but, but rightly so, we were told to take it out. The tiny star compared here with a normal Hollywood actor. <laughs> <laughs> These props I love, man. We had a great prop department who would just go and make this stuff. And uh, I like my style. I'm still wearing that grey suit. The plan was for me to wear that grey suit forever. Forever. Second series, you'll see in the next series, it doesn't pan out. Um, and by the third series, the big suits have gone all together. But I like, when it's written like this, when it's written like whimsy, it's a joy to deliver. I can't do gags. Right? I can never do gags. Um, and so speaking whimsy is a joy. I can't do a, did you hear about da-da-da-da-da? Well, da-da-da-da-da. Great haircut, very strong haircut. I hadn't discovered, no, I had discovered pomade at that point, I think, but not much. Very skinny, wasn't into cocaine at that point. Big jutty out ears, those 90s sideburns. I hated myself, thought I was really unattractive, horrible. I mean, that skinny jaw and that mouth is just ridiculous. Hated myself, hated myself, thought I looked awful. Um, you know, anyway. Um, but the prop is great. Set off in hot pursuit of the dangerous thugs after they attacked a woman in a London street. Without a thought for his own My safety, Titchy there. Tom leapt her defence, accompanied by only two minders. <laughs> <laughs> what must the muggers have thought? Christ, here comes Tom Cruise. He's rock. He can shake a cocktail. <laughs> or was it, shit, there's two big bouncers after us and they've got a child with them. <laughs> that is funny. Fred's great at doing these gags. This is the kind of stuff that Fred has been doing for years and years and years, and uh, he's brilliant at doing those gags. I struggle with that stuff. And you, you, you see my voice is going. I was smoking them, weed and roll-ups. My voice is going. Um, it was an exhausting week. It was an exhausting week. <laughs> this isn't the first time that Plucky Tom has saved the day. Two years ago, he saved a family from a burning yacht after he had taken control of the situation. That's right. Tom doesn't just lend a helping hand, he takes control. <laughs> Can't use the real Mission Impossible thing. <laughs> we couldn't clear the proper music, so we oh. got the soundtrack from Morph. Oh, there we go. He's, he's referencing that. Thank you, Brendan. I'll, I'll keep quiet, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago, Courageous Cruise saved a child from a Cinema Q crush. Did he take control? Yes, he took control. With no thought for himself and with no bouncers at all, he single-handedly unhooked the red rope and let the child out. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Where would we be without you? And your minders. And your publicists. And your wife taking a kid off five nights a week. <laughs> it's a nice... That's a nice little... Thank you, Jamie, for the subscription. It's a nice, um... It's a nice little piece there, whimsy, whimsy. Fizzy says, it's funny how you always assume presenters are super confident. Oh God, no, 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 no. Hated myself, hated myself. Didn't know what I was doing there. I was having the time of my life and wanted it to work. Um, but no, I was not, no, 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 no. Oh, that was nice, that's a nice little sting. Weird science, cutting off bits of one person and sticking them to another. Vox This week, an Australian had the hand of a French man grafted onto his wrist in a Paris surgery. Listen to the delivery, man. The delivery is atrocious. Because <laughs> I tell you what, and the body language, I'm doing the thing again where I hold my hands and do this thing with the hands. Um, God, looking at him. Oh, 
makes me sad. Um, today's today's the seventh anniversary of my dad's death as well, when, as we were recording this. And um, so this is bringing back some memories. My dad came and saw the 11 o'clock show once. We weren't talking. And boy, oh boy, we weren't talk, talking afterwards. I had a massive row with him. <laughs> we'll talk about that. I don't know what episode it was he came to, but I, I've not got... I, the reason, my real name is Ian Rugby. Ian Lee Rugby. And I changed it to Ian Lee because... Um, no one could set, spell or say rugby. Go on, you have a go. Have a go in the chat. And um, and I wasn't getting on with my dad. And so this was a real moment of striking out on my own. My dad worked in TV. He was a props man at the BBC. Um, and this was a real moment of I am achieving something in my life, Dad and screw you it's a real moment of that and i didn't talk to him he came along to one and maybe we'll talk about that a bit later on if you want to get into that heavy shiz now maybe you just want to know what sasha was like what was sasha like i'll tell you about the times i pretended to be sasha as well but the delivery here is just atrocious i hadn't found my voice certainly hadn't found my comedy voice which i think i've got now with the radio show you're related to the footballer doug rugby yeah i am yeah yeah person sticking into another. <laughs> this week, an Australian had the hand of a French man grafted onto his wrist in a Paris surgery. Kind of a second-hand, second-hand thing. Earlier today, I went and stood on the street to explain it to you again. Here I am on this TV, here on film earlier now. Look. I said explain instead of explain, and I wanted to make that... I like that whimsy. Here I am on this screen, looking at the screen now, watching me... Do -do 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 -do. I wanted to make that kind of like sort of like a signature kind of thing very chris morris-esque says benjo yeah that was that was the only thing i had no one said be like chris morris but it was obvious that that's what this was based on the vox pops were based on that's what he used to do so um he was the only thing i had to look towards as an inspiration and i really wish someone and maybe they did and maybe i don't remember it someone had just taking me aside. Well, I don't. They didn't do this. Taking me aside for a week, and said, "Right, let's 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 do let's read scripts. Let's go through scripts. Let's talk. Let's read script. Let's watch some comedy together. Let's just try and find out how you speak." I mean, it took me years. A week wouldn't have been long enough, but it would have helped. But I say, explain and hand thing. Earlier today, I went and stood on the street to explain it to you again. Here I am on this TV here Maybe on film earlier now. Look. <laughs> this week, science has gone bonkers. Right, that's the cut. That's Waterloo. That's the other end of the cut. We used to go there. Maybe it's not the other end. Maybe that's the right end. This was a great place. I look quite good there. Story of the man who had the hand transplant. The story of the third hand heart. And now, according to the Daily Mirror, we'll all be able to have face swap operations within five years. Was that fa that face swap was spelt S W O P? How do you spell third hand heart? And now, according to the Daily Mirror. Face swaps, S W O P S. Isn't um, swap S W A P? That doesn't look right. Face swaps. You can spell it both ways, can you? I bet swaps is an Americanism. We'll all be able to have face swap operations within five years. But are people ready for this load of mentalist progress? Mentalist. I'm here to ask them. Whose hand would you go for if you had the option? Um, gee, uh, probably one of the supermodel's husbands, I'd say. Why, why is that? Uh, well, it's sort of been on a supermodel. So then you could then use, 
that hand that had been on a supermodel, you could then use on yourself. So, <laughs> Jeremy Beadle's hand. Wank jokes. Jeremy Beadle's hand. Oh, because, of course, Jeremy Beadle had um, polio. So he had um, a deformed uh, hand, the, the, the not fully formed hand. So then you could then use We're that hand that been like a that. supermodel, you could then use on yourself. So <laughs> Jeremy Beadle's hand, Paul Daniels' hand, something like that? Uh, Jeremy Beadle's hand. Yeah. Why, why is that? This is a very tricky man. Yeah. What celebrity's face would you like to wear? Just above here. Um, Des O'Connor. Is anyone... <laughs> Now, this isn't that funny. <laughs> Doesn't, don't, don't the 90s look like the 80s? This is the thing I'm finding. The 90s really look like the 80s. Um, Gatford says, did you ever use an actor for a Vox Pop? We did once. We used um, Jason Priestley. If it's part of this collection, we used Jason Priestley. Oh, you mean as a, as a stooge? No, never used a stooge. A couple of people might have recognised me and might have gone along with it. But, um, no. Uh, but yeah, we had Jason Priestley. Was it Jason Priestley or Luke Perry? Maybe it was Luke Perry. Which one is not passed, which one's not passed away? I think it was Jason Priestley. I think Jason Priestley came out and did some Vox Pops with us. He was going to be, um, he was going to be part of the show. It was, Jay, it was Priestley then. Priestley was going to be part of the show. He came and did at least two Vox Pops, I think. One I went out and helped him. One he went out on his own and did some Vox Pops. And there was talk of him being part of the show. I also think there was talk of Kathleen Turner being part of the show. She came on as a guest. And I'm sure there was talk of possibly making her part of the team. Wouldn't that have been amazing? Face in particular, you'd say, no, I don't want that on my shoulders. Mm, probably David Miller. If you had a choice, there's only two faces left, between Dean Gaffney from EastEnders and Simon Weston. Who's, whose face would you take? Oh, man. Dean Gaffney and Simon Weston. Um... I do get told off for apologising a lot, so I'm not going to apologise too much. But, but, let me put it in context. This is not where I am now. This is not where I am now, right? And there's going to be a lot of this. Um, yeah, we need a, a different times counter in the corner. Ah, can someone make that? Can someone make that? Different times counter in the corner. I mean, I can't keep apologising enough. I can't get in his head. I can't get in that guy's head. The guy that's got the microphone and is holding the clipboard. And on the clipboard, we'd have all of the comedy questions. And you'd do the thing, you'd ask three straight questions, then you'd ask a comedy question. And then if it, you'd, you'd keep doing the comedy questions... Um, Behind the camera, we'd have Jade on the camera. We'd have James Bobin directing. We'd have um, a, a, a run-up. There was a young woman who did it. Well, uh, Helen Weeks did it for a while. Then there was another young woman. Um, and they would then speak to the person afterwards and say, um, get him to sign. 
a release form and stuff. This happened. Can't deny it happened. It happened. From EastEnders and Simon Weston. Who's, whose face would you take? I'd go without. You're not one to face the front front from Andy Peters. Now, this is what I look like as Bob Carroll, geez. It's not right. I don't want to take face transplant from Richard Madeley. Face swapping is one thing, but is there anything people wouldn't swallow? The Chinese are talking about grafting Princess Diana's head on the body of a horse. Princess Diana became a very rich seam of comedy for us. Very rich. And if, if, if in doubt, get her out. If in doubt, do a Princess Diana thing. That was always the thing. Just over a year after her death. You have a horse. That would be pretty shameful, actually. She would... why, why would it be shameful? Uh, she, would, she was a very beautiful lady and... It's a very beautiful horse. Yeah. Who would you feel more sexy for, the horse or the, or the lady? Um, <laughs> I don't know, I think it's just quite sick in a way. She had a nice body and uh, that's a horse. So. Great, great fetlocks, I don't think. Yeah. This is wrong. This is what I'd look like with a rabbit's head. Genetic engineering is wrong. This is what I look like with a frog's head and uh, genetic engineering is really wrong. In the week that science went mad, this has been Ian Lee for the 11 o'clock show. Didn't really work. Didn't really work. Too many ideas in there. And that's the thing. By day three, we're already struggling to get funny stuff. Um, okay. I should say we hit our stride at some point. We we, we hadn't quite got the formula uh, there. We hadn't quite got it. Took a while to get that, and um, we didn't get we didn't have it there. Doctor Yak says, "I remember thinking whenever I saw Ian then that he is clearly a really clever guy, very sharp, but just a bit mean. I thought you weren't a nice person. I'm glad I was proven wrong. Um, I don't know. I said those things I, I, at the time. I meant those. I meant." Most of those things. I meant the things I said in that Vox Pop. Now, we're particularly upset today to hear that cable channel Live TV has sacked its news bunny. Live TV is where I got a lot of TV experience. TV experience. Live TV was owned by the Daily Mirror. It was um, up Canary Wharf, really high up. Nick Ferrari ran it for a while. I think Janet Street Porter ran it for a while. Kelvin McKenzie ran it for a while. I used to... Um, uh, used, used to um, go and do this stand-up live show. Just going back to that, Pete, thank you. Yeah, I think people who weren't there at the time, he says, don't get how deep the public swell of emotion for Diana was and how off-limits she would have been at this point. It was... Diana was very taboo. A year after she passed, very, very taboo. So to be seen making jokes about her was incredibly... Dangerous. You know what I mean when I say dangerous. If you've never seen live TV, and let's face it, 59.5 million of you won't, the news bunny is a rabbit who reads the news. Sex gets better with age. A new poll reveals that women between 45 and 59 years of age are the happiest with their sex lives. Incidentally, that is news bunny upset. <laughs> you didn't realise what you're missing, did you? But you won't be seeing this rodent news analysis anymore because in an effort to move up market, Live TV has replaced the bunny with a woman who reads the news while playing the cello. Switzerland's about to introduce a heavy vehicle road tax. <laughs> 
Great, wasn't she? What is that about women playing the cello that is so sexy? Well, I can tell you, Fred, it's the rich, alluring gleam of the mahogany, the round, sensuous curves, the haunting, tremulous tones as the bow slides smoothly across the strings. That and the fact that you know she can really get her legs wide open. <laughs> Ain't that right, Marlene? In your dreams. <laughs> thank you, Maz. Uh, thank you, Cheerings, for the subscription. It's appreciated. I mean, it plods along quite nicely. There's nothing groundbreaking. It is a little bit... Well, I don't know. I was going to say it's a little bit laddish, but you've got to remember this is 1998. This was, you know, FHM and... I don't know if Nuts... Nuts was probably around then. Um, it, it's not actually as laddish as perhaps it could be at the time. Getting the boot from TV, we've discovered that things haven't been easy for the news bunny. Bright eyes. <laughs> news bunny on the train. Bookies. That's quite funny. This is whimsy. This is whimsy, and it's great for him. <laughs> now advertising is prostitute. <laughs> Oh, I'm reminded of, and I'll, I'll say it now because I'll probably forget. Mackenzie Crook joins the series in second two, uh, series in, in series two, and they wanted to do this feature, and I think they might have. Let me text him now and ask him. He probably won't remember now. Mackenzie, did you ever film a lucky? Beggar for the 11 o'clock show? Or was it just an idea? So Lucky Beggar would be Mackenzie dressed as a beggar in a subway. And um, uh, if someone gave him money, he would flip off the like the rags and have like a spangly suit and stuff and go well you you've just won lucky beggar and give them like 50 quid or something i know it never went out i wonder if they filmed it i've just texted him he always takes days to get back so i doubt he'll reply tonight but we will keep that in mind <laughs> Lindsay. Now, as you see, there aren't many openings for a six-foot rodent, and we feel a bit sorry for him, so we've pulled a few strings and we've managed to get him a new job. Smoke fags, rabbit, smoke <laughs> fags. <laughs> yeah, get that down there, mix of potato spreading bastard. There you go. <laughs> Hello, I'm Lenny Henry. Oh, God! You probably remember me from programmes like... I remember this! I was thinking about this the other day, and I couldn't remember if this actually happened or not. Let's watch it, and then I'll explain it. I like this Indian-style sting. Hello, I'm Lenny Henry. You probably remember me from programmes like Chef, Tiz Was, Three of a Kind, Lenny's Amazon Adventure, and Ainsley Harriet's Cook-a-Fond. <laughs> if you, like me, have tuned in to watch South Park, don't worry, it'll be on right after the 11 o'clock show. <laughs> oh, my God! They, they killed, killed Lenny! <laughs> 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> There's this thing in South Park, I think, I've never really seen it, where they kill Kenny every week. And um, that was that. I mean, the expense and the time of going, getting, booking Lenny Henry, going out filming Lenny Henry, and um, editing it Lenny Henry, and then showing Lenny Henry. For that, I mean... Here's a teaser. A special friend comes round to you for emotional support following a failed romance. Do you A, give them a shoulder to cry on, B, take them shopping, or C, strap a hidden microphone to your leg, then give the recording to the FBI? (laughs) Well, that's from a quiz entitled, How Much Are You Like Two-Faced Bitch Linda Tripp? (laughs) Who was Linda Tripp? What was Linda Tripp? There's obviously some political... Two-Faced Bitch Linda Tripp. Honestly, the sort of satirical stuff, I didn't really know what was going on. Oh. Linda Tripp is a former U.S. civil servant who played a prominent role in the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal of 1998. Tripp's action in secretly recording Monica Lewinsky's confidential phone calls about her relationship with the president caused a sensation. Okay, so she was, she was on the bad side. She was, she was one of the, she was, she was on the bad side. We're on Monica Lewinsky's side, right? Right? Today, all 20 hours of Linda Tripp's secretly taped conversations with Monica Lewinsky about her affair with that president bloke were released to the world's media. Well, this is weird. Now, there'll be some jokes about sucking off and spunk. But we seem to be very much on Monica Lewinsky's side here. But Tripp obviously wasn't used to having a secret microphone strapped to her thigh. Her inexperience shows at some crucial moments. (laughs) Monica, just tell me. Did Bill Clinton ask you to lie? Okay, I can trust you. He asked you to... 
Linda, Linda, Linda. Huh? <laughs> if only you held on to it for a couple of seconds longer. <laughs> now, the other problem is that Linda used ordinary tapes. You know what it's like, a good song comes on the radio, you just reach for the nearest cassette. Okay, I'll tell you something really embarrassing about Bill. He's got this. Now on WKNC in the It's no surprise to read then that the Republicans have brought in some audio experts. Is that Daisy being um, Monica Lewinsky? Could be Daisy, I'm not sure. Experts to clean them up before release. This is the improved version. Hey, Mon, did the president actually behave improperly? Yes. Or Linda could be. Linda, one of those is Daisy. Can't quite work out which. Did the president actually behave improperly? Yes, he did! And he steals my children, and he's a really awful president! <laughs> well, to find out the impact the trip tapes have had in America, let's go live to our man in Washington, Rich Hall. Rich, Hall. Rich can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Fred. How are you, buddy? I'm very well. It's nice to talk to you all the way across You're the great big pond. Good looking pond. Scotsman, kilt wearing, haggis eating freak you. <laughs> How are you? You've got Sorry. me in a nutshell, Rich. Can you tell me the, what's the gist of the transcripts in a nutshell? All right, look, I. I think he is actually live in Washington for this. I think he is actually live in. Washington, quite often with the, the bits filmed abroad, they would film it and you'd film a, thanks very much, yeah, okay, back to you in the studio. And you'd you'd film that and it would be filmed weeks in advance. And That's not green screen, he's definitely in America, mate. Um, no, he's definitely there. It's whether he's there live or not. I think most of it was pre-recorded and would be edited. I know I did a couple of handovers with Rich that were live because I made a joke, I was rude about him and he called me out. I think he was live there. Again, budget, man. This is, you know, this is when you'd have to book a satellite and you'd get the satellite for like 15 minutes. I got, I got thousands of pages of them right here, okay? The most amazing thing about these transcripts, the mother knew the whole thing. The mother knew all along. Mrs. Lewinsky yeah, knows live. Look, he hesitated having then. an affair with the president. Now, my question is, how do you tell your mom that you're having an affair with the president of the United States? You know? Don't ask me. You just sit down. <laughs> yeah. That's life. Maybe over the, over the dinner life. table wow. there, you just, you know, mm, Mom, these green beans are delicious. I'm blowing the president. <laughs> no. And then, what? And then he's, oh, I said there's no time like the present. <laughs> you know, look, this is my opinion, right? Okay. This is just my opinion, Fred. But I think that in the end, all these things, you know, all, all these uh, people in history, like Clinton, uh, ultimately, it just comes down to one word, associations, you know? I mean, if you think about it, uh, like uh, Lincoln, slavery, Roosevelt, depression, uh, Churchill, V-Day, Nixon, Watergate, Clinton, blowjob. <laughs> Tony Blair, close personal friend of guy who got blowjob. <laughs> and, I understand perfectly. Do you know that uh, Congress, that's Congress right there. Thank you. Take a good look at it. That's Congress. That's where the Republicans are. Those are the guys who want to get Clinton out of office. Now, this morning, they asked President Clinton to give them $97 million to figure out a way to get rid of Saddam Hussein. I always found the ritual bits a little slow for I my liking. I would give $97 really million to Lana Monica Lewinsky, give her a couple of cigars, and put her on the next plane to Baghdad. <laughs> Or are you breaking up? No, it's applause. <laughs> Rich Hall in America, thank you very much. Someone's asking, what did I say to Rich that bothered him? It'll come up at some point. I don't really remember. <laughs>
Former Home Secretary Michael Howard was back in the streets this morning after spending last night locked up in Brixton Prison as part of a charity event. Over 200 leading law figures joined him, including Master of the Rolls Lord Wolfe, who, according to The Telegraph, shared his cell complete with bunk bed, corner flushing lavatory and hand basin with his wife, Marguerite. Mr Howard is thought to have occupied a single cell. So he is a wanker then. We're watching the 11 o'clock show. And after the messages from the people who pay our wages, we'll be back with this. Yeah. All right. Here's enough. It's James Bobin! That's James Bobin, who filmed all of my, most of my Vox Pops, went on to direct Flight of the Concords and uh, the, the two recent Muppet movies. And um, actually, I did enjoy that Rich Hall bit there, Elton. I think uh, maybe I'm, I was too, it was too young to get it at the time. Anyway, that's James Bobin, very famous film director. Nice. Yeah, my little one. <laughs> Yo, check this. I know it's been a bit whack until now, this show, but go roll yourself a spliff because the second half is a lot better when you is mashed. I'm going to be talking to my main man, Judge Pickles, about the law and tin. Keep it real. <laughs> that other guy there with the stereo is... To my main man, Judge Pickles, about the law and tin. Keep it real. <laughs> That's Andrew Newman, who I mentioned right at the start. If you missed it, you have to go back and watch it again or listen to the podcast. Um, uh, who sent me a really nice email saying, I heard you said that we fell out. Did we fall out? And I replied to him tonight saying, well, this is how I remember it. But thank you for clearing it up. By the way, if you're watching this live Sunday nights, eight o'clock, you can subscribe. If you've got Amazon Prime, you link your Prime account with your Twitch account and it's free and I get five pounds. It's five pounds that you cannot spend. Um, Jeff Bezos gives that to you and you give it to your favourite streamer, which I'm hoping is me. Cater Cakes has just done it. Thank you very much, Cater Cakes. Um, if you've not got Amazon Prime, you can pay a few quid to subscribe. It would be appreciated. Thank you. You can throw bits at me or you can even donate. If you're watching on your computer, um, then you can um, scroll down a little bit. Okay, we're halfway All about through. it, tough bloke in combat submits to kissing men on the bottom. <laughs> I don't remember that. I thought we did all of those in Hammersmith. That is that is in Hammersmith, but that's at the other end of the high street. Um, so we'd stand there as an evening standard salesman and would see people coming out of my the corner of my eye. Ollie, thank you very much for the subscription. Would see people coming out of the corner of my eye and would try and think of something funny and obviously, you know, vaguely homophobic to say about them. I like those. I thought they should have done more of those. Thanks very much. Welcome back. Jack Straw unveiled new plans yesterday. See how we've moved, they've moved away from the desk, right? It was supposed to be Fred and Brendan hosting behind the desk, and I'm the third person. The producers started liking me more and wanted to use me more, and everyone would say, we've got a script, can we get Ian to do it? This is not me boasting, this is true. We've got a script, can we get Ian to do it? And so already by episode three, they've moved away from the desk, and they're kind of sat with um, the, the kind of sat over in, in what was my area. Today in the fight against organised crime, it says here in today's Times that Mr Straw plans to give the courts the right to confiscate the assets of drugs barons even if they haven't been convicted of a crime. We sent our Channel 4 voice of youth, Ali G, to meet Judge Pickles and find out if these measures will affect the stains massive. Here's some chuckles there in the audience, just as Ali G's name is mentioned. That's how much they loved him. It goes out to the crew up top. That's it. 
Yo, yo, what's up? I'm here checking out my main man. It just looks like pickles. It just looks like Sasha. Isn't that incredible? It just looks. I mean, I know it is Sasha, but there's no jewelry. Wearing sort of green combat trousers and a football top. I guess that's a football top. Um, no sunglasses. Nothing. It just looks like. Isn't that funny? We're here. We're talking about the law now. Law is something that you need to get down with if you don't want to go inside the nick. And He's it not ain't even really doing the voice that much. let you stop your scoring. We're here to find out how it can be fun, but also know what's going on so you don't go down. Isn't that right, Judge I'm Pippen? not sure it's fun. <laughs> yeah, what is it then? I did 40 years. I found it very boring on the whole. It's be funny. Now, what is the Fifth Amendment? You get me? <laughs> the Fifth Amendment? Isn't that's in America? That's an American thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's not a British idea, is it? The Fifth Amendment. If when you say, I plead the Fifth Amendment. Yeah, well, that's an American system. <laughs> no, no. Why not? Well, because American law doesn't apply here. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, what if it was a drink driving? If it was a drink driving charge, could you plead the Fifth you Amendment? You can never. <laughs> He's going to start laughing. He's laughing. Never. Not in court, no. Andrew Newman again. When can you murder someone? Ah, well, <laughs> when you say it, that's that's really a nonsensical question, if I may say so, because if you are entitled to kill somebody, mm. it's not murder. Okay, but can you murder someone if someone lets Thank say, you, call your mum a no, slag? No, no, your no, no, no. To <laughs> 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 someone if they call <laughs> your mum a slag. call your mum a slag, you ring up the police, police ain't gonna do nothing, you know, they laugh at you. Well, I don't know. It depends, I suppose. If you called my uh, mother a slag... Yeah, get him, he's laughing! Then, uh, look, 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 that's cool. beautiful. That's beautiful. No, no, they well, that's beautiful. Watch him. Watch Sasha. If you called my uh, mother a slag... He's gone. ...then uh, he's gone. killed you, um, provocation can reduce Brilliant. murder to manslaughter. Mm. So where's the line there? If they ah. call her a slag, manslaughter... If they call her a bitch, well, is no. that murder? <laughs> okay, now you're a judge. He's getting serious. How do you know when someone's guilty? Let's say, let's have this scenario. You've got a guy there, 19-year-old, driving around in top of the range, Saab, all the lights and everything, leather seats, bitches in the front, bitches in the back, <laughs> sitting on the woofer speakers, gold tooth, UV light underneath, big drum and bass coming out. The guy never done any work in his life. Is he a rapper or is he a dealer, considering he never touched any decks or held a mic ever in his life? Are you going to put this man down? Well, I'm not going to do anything except ex accept the verdict of the jury. Yeah. What, you well, think this man ain't a dealer? Well, you... Come on, you've got to put him down! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just, he's so supremely confident there, isn't he? Or he looks it anyway, supremely confident. And um, it's just funny. And it, it, it is so much funnier and so much more polished than the rest of the show, isn't it? Did he write it himself, asks Gatford. It would have been a collection of people. It would have been Andrew Newman. It would have been Dan Mazer. Uh, it would have been Sasha, James Bobin. Uh, Ant Hines was one of the writers. Paul Garner was one of the writers for, for, for Sasha. So there's a, there was a, a lot of writers. Um, but his performance is just... Um, it's just beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> 
Do you think women should be on juries? Oh, yes, of course. What about when they got the painters in? <laughs> oh. What about when it's rag week? How can they be thinking straight? Serious. Yeah. Well, serious. I, I'm... My woman, she doesn't know what's going on. Guilty. Everyone is guilty when it's her time. Everyone is guilty. I do something small. Guilty, you should be well, chopped, whatever. I don't honestly think you could start asking people intimate questions and saying, oh, you can't do it exactly. this way. Exactly. That's why you should not have women on no, the show. No, no, no. <laughs> I've never thought about this before, actually. You get wise, know what you're doing, and get legal. I, <laughs> Big Shaq going out. My main man, Big Shaq going out. Beautiful. I mean, it is beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. Yes, lady, you force us all to work less with the introduction of the Maximum Working Hours Directive. What? Someone says, have you seen Sasha since the show? Yeah, I saw him at a bus stop in Tottenham Court Road after the show. A while after the show, I saw him at a bus stop. The 11 o'clock show had finished, bottom of Tottenham Court Road with Oxford Street, and we were both waiting for a bus. Or I was waiting for a bus and he was walking, or he was waiting for, waiting for a bus. Uh, it might have been the 134, actually. And, uh, yeah, we had a chat. I mean, this was like maybe six months after the 11 o'clock show, a year after the 11 o'clock show. And we had a chat. I always got on with Sasha. I always got on with him. And... Um, I was insanely jealous of him as it went on. Not at this point. At this point, the whole show was a team and it was like really exciting and I was loving it. Thank you for the bits, Toe. Um, but um, I would become insanely jealous of him and be consumed with bitterness and resentment around his and, and Gervais' success, which I think I mentioned. But I always got on well with Sasha. We didn't really see much of him. For this series, we did because I think we were all based in the same building. But at the next series onwards, they were based somewhere else and they became like their own... They became aware that they were off to, to bigger and better things. And, and, and by series three, they didn't, as far as I remember, my memory could be wrong. Series, certainly by series four, I don't even know if they were in series four, Ali G. And if they were, they weren't many. There certainly wasn't one every show. And I think sometimes we would there wouldn't be an Ali G every week. They only gave, gave us already. Look, I'm doing that. The divisions. They gave the eleven o'clock show um, a certain amount, and then refused to do any more, or would hold some back. It's how I remember it. So you could have a, a whole week where you didn't have any Ali G in series four. They didn't want to be part of it. They knew they were on to bigger and better things. What have they got cooked up for us today? Well, let's go have a live to Brussels and catch up with our Euro correspondent Vim Vanderland. Vim, are you there? Today, here in Brussels, the European Commission finally agreed its new live. broadcasting regulations. From now These on, all news programmes will be replaced with episodes of Van der Valk. <laughs> episodes of the Waltons will be replaced with episodes of Van der Valk. And the uh, prisoner cell block H will be dubbed over by Barry Foster, the famous actor who is most well known for playing the tubby Dutch dick Van der Valk. <laughs> is that true, Vim? No, of course not. It would just be stupid. <laughs> then why are you doing this, Vim? Because we're Europeans and we hate you British. <laughs> you know, it's bizarre. I've been talking to him all week and he's still under the impression I'm British. It's as if I'm talking to some sort of tape. <laughs> no movies. Um, Simon Greenall, I need a favour. 
I want to do all of these. Loads of episodes. Oh, by the way, David, thank you for your uh, subscription and thank you for, for, you know, being lovely and supportive. Cross my, my arms because I'm, it makes me anxious. Um, loads of these episodes are missing. All of these episodes come from my own private collection. Uh, this series I taped. I taped a lot of the episodes because I was proud. I was thrilled on VHS tape. And my mum taped a lot. But... Uh, and a guy called Mark digitised them and uploaded them. There's a, they're all on YouTube. But there are loads missing. I had a little look through today. There are loads missing. Go and have a look. 11OCS, I think, is or 11OCS show. If you've got any on tape, I know it's a long shot. If you've got any lying around on tape, um, it'll, be, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, Pete is buying VHS tapes with the hope there's someone there. You could ask the channel, they wouldn't give it to me. I don't want to get a cease and desist from anybody. Um, so I know next week, when we do this Sunday night at eight on Twitch, um, we're going to jump straight to episode six. So we're going to miss four and five. So if anybody can help, wicked. We British might not have made any flicks as good as The Godfather, Schindler's List, and Saving Private Ryan. What about Mad Max 5? Everything grows back. <laughs> but we're top at turning out costume romps with peace. R running gags. At some point, you're going to hear a lot about Weekend at Bernie's 2. That pops up a lot. Um, I take them all back in the day, but I'm certain they're long binned. It says protect and survive. Misty face girls in big dresses. The latest is called Elizabeth. It opened tonight and it turns the dull old history of Elizabeth I into a raunchy blockbuster. Here's a sneak preview. Treachery. You are in the greatest danger. Surrounded by enemies. The time is close at hand. She overcame impossible odds. Do not be afraid of To become England's most powerful queen. Then let it all be done. Do no. not fear to strike. Elizabeth. Now, the makers of the movie are so pleased with the. Is that the real trailer? That can't be the real trailer. No. No. 416 viewers. I've got 343 on my uh, my doobie doobie. Um, anyway, let's see. Is that the real trailer? Thank you, Producer Tobes. Producer Tobes has worked with Brendan. Has he emigrated then? Is he, where's he gone? Has he gone back to Australia? Has he... Where's he gone? I know that he kind of stopped and I thought he was going to live on the farm. Has he gone? Brendan was... is was a great stand-up comedian, a man I personally was very, very scared of, very intimidated by him, and um, always always have been. Popularist take on the monarchy that they've already started on a follow-up, which, like most sequels, they won't be very good, trailer. and it'll be a bit of a rip-off. Time of post Diana spin doctoring. Post Diana spin Came a royal who suddenly found she had to hang with the homies. Going football crazy. I think Dwight York is so much better than Andy Cole, don't you? And checking out the latest in street gear. And uh, this is size six, Your Majesty. Elizabeth II. Get down with the crown. <laughs> The private life of his... I'm trying to work out who that was. I recognise that voice. I couldn't work out who that was. Couldn't work out... Well, hello, viewers. We've got over 400 viewers, which is great. Thank you. 
celebrity has been splashed all over the tabloids. Today's poor victim is top golfer Nick Faldo, who has split up with girlfriend Brenna Kepelak. The grubby son only got hold of the story when they were sent a fax by Nick Faldo. An unfortunate Will Carlin's been dragged through the mud this week after cheating on girlfriend Ali Cocaine. I wonder if she's got a cousin called Charlie. Anyway. Very prescient. Very prescient. Carling's personal affairs only became fodder for the gutter press when Will Carling decided to write a book about it. So, if you happen to be married to a celebrity, don't bother talking to them about your feelings. Just read the papers every day. Yeah. <laughs> for example, I've, I've gone right off my girlfriend, Jenny. She's really boring. But I couldn't tell this morning. I didn't have the guts. But I did manage to get the story on C-Fax. <laughs> 11 o'clock show star Ian Lee is ditch lover Jenny because he wants to sleep with other women. Lee blasted, I Shoot. love sex. I got it wrong. They got it right. It's ditched because she wants to sleep with other women. Well, there you go. Look, this is this is isn't this? Um, uh, let me mention me. What was he saying? I, I, isn't this prescient as a as a drug addict and a sex addict? Was my girlfriend called Jenny at the time? No, I was going out with a wonderful girl called Tessa, and I'd fancied her for it. I met her in Edinburgh. So this is October. I'd met her in Edinburgh in August of nineteen ninety seven. I was so in love with her and we got together on New Year's Eve 98 and she predicted that I would become successful. She wrote in my diary like on New Year's Day, um, like uh, on September the 28th or the 29th, you'll become famous, rich and cool. This started on, on September the 30th. Um, and she was great, Tessa. She was such a lovely girl. But it all happened at the wrong time. She was so supportive through all of this. And then, of course, here's the thing. I then became a little bit famous. Became a little bit famous. And um, I was presented with lots of opportunities to um, cheat on, on Tessa. And I did. And I did. Um, uh, with women and with men. You know, and I was I was keeping to the secret that I was bisexual at this point. I, I hadn't really accepted it, and um, yeah. So I I, I I I became consumed with ego and self-loathing. I had a lot of people telling me I was brilliant. I also had a lot of self-loathing because I didn't like myself anyway, but also because people were saying I was shit and that the show was just Ali G. Um, I was smoking a lot of weed. Cocaine would soon become a very, very important part of my life. And, um, yeah, I was not... And I, I stayed with Tessa for maybe another six, seven years after this, and I was not... Um, you know, I'm thoroughly ashamed of my behaviour, and I've apologised to her. Uh, for it since and I speak to her very occasionally now she's an incredible human being an incredibly forgiving woman and is very very happy and um, there you go it's a need to fulfill my lusty cravings I need it six times a night <laughs> now she might not see that because she hasn't got CFAX so I've also written a letter to her favorite magazine just 17 well <laughs> it will be in a couple of years oh oh no 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 <coughs> no 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 Oh no! Nay, yay, 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 y
Different times. <laughs> it's a joke. Here's the thing. It's a joke. Um, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> the most interesting thing to happen at the Labour Party conference this week was this. Their colour-changing wall. Isn't this fantastic? Other than that, it was the most staged event since the what actual that say? document... What did that say? What did that picture of Tony Blair say? that because she hasn't got CFAX, so I've also written a letter to her favourite magazine, Just 17. Well, <laughs> it will be in a couple of years. <laughs> the most interesting thing to happen at the what Labour Party say? conference this week was this, their colour-changing wall. Isn't this fantastic? I Other am than God. that, it was the I'm most God. staged event since the we documentary up to, uh, footage of the news bunny earlier on. So we sent a roving reporter, Dominic Jolly, to start Dominic up a Jolly. Bit. I'm here in Blackpool for the Labour Party conference. Now, New Labour epitomise everything about British politics. Squeaky clean and full of sound bites. This week, Tony Blair even tried to ban his own delegates from speaking in the conference. Apart from the delegates, <laughs> the other thing that embarrasses Tony Blair is his past life in a rock band, Ugly Rumours. I couldn't get a tape of them, so I recorded one myself. Ugly <laughs> We've got Peter Hayne MP here listening to uh, Ugly Rumours. Seems to be... Tapping his feet. We've been given a tape of uh, supposedly your husband in ugly rumours. Wondering if someone could, if you could confirm whether it is a real one or not. It sounds quite interesting, doesn't it? Do you like I'm, it? I'm a great uh, rock fan myself. What do you think? I say very, very prime ministerial. In fact, Tony needn't have worried. Most of the delegates I met were skilled at giving short, snappy media sound bites. And finally, if I could just ask you to describe this year's conference in a word. Um, well managed. That's two words. Okay. Can you just look and say exhilarating? Exhilarating. Interesting. Abysmal. Well, that was New Labour, and it beats me why Tony wants to keep that lot under wraps. Next week, we're in Bournemouth, and it's the Conservatives. Should be fun. See you there. This bit was funny. It wasn't great, was it? Everyone's belatedly apologising all of a sudden. Clinton apologised to the American people nine months after lying about Monica Lewinsky. Yesterday, Police Chief Paul Condon apologised to the Lawrence family five years too late. But the Catholic Church scooped all records recently by apologising for the Crusades after a gap of 700 years. <laughs> so, here at the 11 o'clock show, we apologise before we've done anything wrong. Sorry about hitting you in the face, Fred. That's OK, Brendan. Just time to remind you that we're all back tomorrow night with our compilation Best Of Show, which we're calling possibly the best thrice-weekly written and performed hours from transmission satirical news slash comedy show ever. Catchy. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Time out, Highlander, please. Um, that was a tough one to watch. I mean, it's not very funny. That look at the end from me is a sigh of relief. <laughs> it's a sigh of relief. Good night. Good night. Relief. Week is over. We've done it. It's the first week. It's gone out. There was a best of. I've forgotten all about that.
and he says we at the 11 o'clock show and that was it that's what i really bought into right was the um thing that we were a team this was a team working together and i loved it I loved it. I loved the fact that we were a team. By the end of Series 2, certainly by Series 3, that had gone. And we... Um, uh, I wish I could remember what those boots were. I remember them being very big and chunky. Um, and we were like separate people working on individual projects. And I didn't like that so much. I didn't like that um, at all. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a crazy set, isn't it? I don't know what it's supposed to be really like a sort of laid back office it changes for series two Mackenzie has a little desk over there on his own how much were you on per episode well I've talked about this for this pilot episode for this pilot week I was on a grand a week for two weeks and I did did some filming before and I was getting maybe 500 quid a week those two Fred and Brendan were on seven grand a week each and that was a big thing that Fred was an established TV host and Brendan wasn't. And it was groundbreaking that they were getting the same in the same way that now it would be considered groundbreaking. If, if you know, women got the same as men, it was it was it was a big deal. And uh, my agent, who I never really got on with and this, was in the process of leaving at this point or certainly shortly after these two weeks, didn't. I got the grand a week because I was just supposed to be doing the bits in the street, the, the Vox Pops. And when I got doing hosting, he never upped the deal. He never went, well, my client's doing more money. So I was on, I got two grand for these two weeks. And then at the end of it, I was called into like the money office and I was given a check for like five grand, I think. And they said, look, this is because we think your agent is shit. And, um, He's not done a good job. Yeah, seven grand, but it was only for two weeks. When the series came back and it was it was ran for like eight or nine weeks, I was on three grand a week, something. I don't really re remember. I don't really remember four grand a week. I know the last series, series five, which I didn't do, which I bailed out at the last moment, but you will get to see if you stick with this. The last thing you see will be the pilot episode for series five with me and Sarah Alexander. Um, uh, I was I was going to be on nine grand a week for 10 weeks. And I walked out. See these credits. See these credits. Uh, see if there's any different names in here. Uh, yeah, Martin, Patrick, we know. Production team, Lizzie Flat, Helen Weeks, who would come out and um, get people to sign the um, release forms when I did the stuff. Daisy Donovan. Um, script editor, supervisor. Hmm. Ben Cordell, who is now partnered with Diane Morgan, who I did some filming with this week. Um, uh, did some filming for her new series, Mandy, which is very, very exciting. Steve Cochran, I don't remember who that is. Paul Garner is a good mate of mine. And uh, we'll pop up more. John Gordillo is brilliant. Anthony Hines would have worked on the um, Ali G stuff. Peter Holmes, Charlie Skelton, and Neil Webster. <laughs> Damon Beasley, James Bobin, Ian Morris. Ian Morris. Ian Morris was working on that. So Ian Morris. That, it might have been Ian Morris's voice. Could have been Ian Morris. 
go. That's it. That's your lot. That's your lot, guys. Series one, episode three. We're going to skip. Um, we're going to skip five and four and five because I don't have them. So if you've got any of the lost episodes, then please do. Um, thank you for the um, the bits, Mandy. Um, did you watch any of series five? Yeah. So series five. Thank you. Um, Tobade slugs series five i wasn't me it was john holmes and sarah alexander and i would watch it at home and me and ricky gervais would text each other uh, how shit we thought it was um it wasn't which is mean i said we're in a really nice flat in 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 highgate and uh, yeah me and gervais would text each other thank you the player well known and um we would text each other about how shit it was do me and gervais speak now no the last time i saw last time i saw ricky gervais was um 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 was just off oxford street and like dean street or something and I saw him coming towards me. I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. He was a big star then. And I think I did the thing where I pretended to be on my phone. Pretended to be on my phone. And um, let's find out if Mackenzie's replied. He's not replied. So we just don't know if he did a lucky beggar or not. I saw Gervais and I was so low self-esteem. And I think I was a junkie at the time. And I saw him... And so I pretended to be on my phone and he came and he went, all right, Ian, how's it? you're on the phone. All right, see you later. Good luck. And that was it. That was it. Um, that was it. And he's tweeted me a couple of times in the last couple of years. And that's it. And that that's the one that hurts the most, right? And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because me and Ricky were friends. Getting Ricky on the, the show was, the, the whole studio was, call him. All right, Dean. Now, these people don't want to talk to me. I get it. But the whole the whole 11 o'clock show was split as to whether they would have, they wanted Ricky Gervais or not. And I was a big fan of his show on XFM. And um, I was keen for him to come on. And so I fought his corner. He was going to be, he comes up in series two. He was, he auditioned to be the co-host with me. So it was very. the thing sorry it was very very nearly i'll say that again because it was important it was very very nearly he auditioned to be the co-host in series two so it was nearly me and ricky hosting the show instead of me and daisy imagine that wouldn't that have been um wouldn't that have been something me and gervais hosting it but he became he, he kind of came in and we were really good friends we got on really well i remember he would come and sit in my dressing room and make me laugh i remember when he was doing room 101 he phoned me up um because he was so nervous and we used to get on really well i remember i remember is the sound gone the sound is not gone the sound is not gone Um, 
Anyway, what was I going to say? I totally lost my train of thought. The way I remember it is I suggested to him that he see Mackenzie for the part in the office. That's how I remember it. Again, everyone's going to have a different story. And if Chort will pick this up and run it, Ricky will come out and say something different, as is his right. I definitely said, I don't know if he'd seen Mackenzie or at that point or not, but I definitely said, Mackenzie's brilliant and you should see him. That happened. Um, and so Ricky, Ricky, Ricky I, I did go to the premiere of Life on the Road, the David Brent film, which was, was was an absolute stinker. I don't think he personally invited me. I think that was just like a thing. Everyone turned up and everyone was there. Everyone was there. Um, and so I don't think he invited me personally. I did, as I say, audition for the role that went to John Oliver on The Daily Show. And I think that's because Ricky suggested me for that. Um, but I couldn't watch a Ricky Gervais thing or a Sasha thing for uh, for years, for years and years and years. And um, yeah, it was hard work. It was hard work being so full of resentment and anger and disappointed in people Pete says to be honest I think if you rang people up and said hey I've been thinking a lot about the old days and I remember what a great time we used to have you'd have at least have some pleasant conversations it's a long time ago but no to make you do anything you're not comfortable with I can't do that I did see Ricky's partner Jane um uh after the jungle and, and very briefly at good morning Britain and she said they've both been watching me so I don't know I, I gotta let this go man no one owes me a career no one owes me a job I'm I'm you know and it's worked out it's worked out all right in the end in the end <laughs> in the end i didn't watch the ali g movie i did watch the ali g tv show i didn't watch the movie i've not seen anything that sasha's done since is that silly it is what it is you know people can call me bitter and stuff but um You got where you needed to be, says Catherine Boyle. Um, anyway, listen, thank you so much for watching. Um, over 400 viewers at one point. That's a record for me on here, and I really, really appreciate it. We're going to do this every Sunday night at 8 o'clock. If you've got any suggestions, um, ian at ianlee.com is the email. Um, if you've got any suggestions, then please do uh, get in touch. Otherwise, it's just me chatting about this. Like I say, a load of episodes are missing. Um, and, um, I mean, I, 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 part of me thinks, well, I'm, part of me thinks two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to get a cease and desist from Channel 4 or Sasha or someone. Two, um, I'm just going to run out of stuff to say. I mean, it, it, you're obviously finding this stuff interesting as you've all stuck around for this. Um, so thank you. It is going to be a podcast. It is going to be uploaded on to YouTube. Um, and I'll probably do that in a minute. Um, so thank you very much for watching. Um, next week, eight o'clock. Nice. I don't know if it's worth carrying on. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.